Hello, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, February the 20th. We continue in our series on the parables of Jesus. And in particular, we're now looking at three different parables on things that were lost. We looked at um, the parable of lost sheep. And this week we look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. It's the parable of the lost coin. I'm reading from the ESV. Or what woman having... Ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the parables of Jesus are these remarkable stories which he told on a lot of different occasions, and they, they intrigue us, they challenge us, because they always have an element of mystery about them. They, they constitute a challenge to us to discover this truth, this hidden truth that, it, that is incorporated in them. And we're studying the series of parables recorded in the 15th chapter of Luke's gospel. These are parables of lost things. And they came out of the incident where Jesus was surrounded by a crowd made up of loan sharks, radicals. Of course, the scriptures do not call them that. They're referred to as tax collectors and sinners. And they were listening eagerly to what he had to say. And they had even invited him home to dinner. And he accepted But the Pharisees and the scribes scribes object very strenuously to Jesus's fellowshipping with these people. You see, in their self-righteousness, in their egotism, they they criticized him severely for it. And they murmured against him, saying that he was demeaning himself by eating with tax collectors and sinners. And so to answer this charge, Jesus gave three parables. Each of them is a picture primarily intended to illustrate the joy in the heart of God when someone who was lost is found. So in the process of telling these stories, Jesus reveals the four kinds of lostness, if you will, that prevail among people, that are among humanity. And, and, and so we looked at the parable of the lost sheep. And there we, we learned that, that people can be lost because, basically because of ignorance. You know, we become preoccupied with life, drifting away without maybe even intending to do so. There's no real rebellion. There's no intent to be lost. But we simply wake up to find that life has moved away from where it ought to be, and we find that we are lost. And so today we have the parable of the lost coin, the second in this little series found in verses 8 through 10, picking up, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. For I have found the coin which I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So there are three really revealing moments in this short little story. The first is the circumstance of the lost coin. The coin referred to here is a small silver piece. In our current uh, financial situation, it would be roughly 16 cents. And the lady had 10 of these. So the total value of her wealth was around, and our money now was around $1.60. Not very much. But it was more than simply some money 
to this woman because it had great sentimental value. You see, we learn from those who've studied the customs of, of this time period, these ancient days, and, and that this would have been part of her dowry. When a woman married, she took money that she had accumulated through her life and sewed it into a headdress, which she wore on her wedding day. She used 10 silver coins, which is why Jesus picked this number to illustrate the story. So these coins then were of tremendous significance to her as a woman. They symbolized her dowry. They represented not just the value of the money, but all that she had to contribute to the marriage. This, this headdress was of such value to the women of that time that by law, it was impossible for it to be taken from them even to pay a debt. So the point of the illustration that Jesus is giving here is that something was, was lost. But, but it was lost at home. The value of the story of the lost sheep is that though the sheep did not mean to, they, they wandered away and the shepherd had to leave the 99 and, and, and to go out and find it. Similarly, the value of this illustration is that this coin was lost in the home, at home, where we would not expect to find lost things. We, we don't expect to lose things. This coin did not wander off. It was in the place of apparent safety, but nevertheless, it was lost, maybe through carelessness or neglect, although nothing is said about that. <clears throat> it could have been some accident. The woman is unaware that the coin is lost until suddenly she discovers that it's gone. And when she wakes up to realize that the coin is missing, she is in a flurry of activity to recover it because it is of extreme value to her. And that is the story that in Jesus, that that is the story that Jesus intended to hit with impact on the folks that heard it. It has meaning to us today, only as we apply it to our own situation. It forces us to answer the question: Do I have something lost at home? Perhaps better is someone lost, because Jesus is not talking about things but is illustrating in all of these parables, these three parables, the value of lost persons. So was someone lost in our home? A child, perhaps, that, that we have taken for granted as, as being a follower of Christ, and, and they grow up, some, something makes us realize that they're not. May, we, we wake up and realize that, that, that we maybe have taken this for granted, to be safe and sound in our home, and, and they're not. They're lost. It's a frequent occurrence because we parents tend to put a, a, too much trust in externals. You know, many people have held meetings for them. They've gone to camps. Their children have, have they've raised their hand. They've confessed faith in Christ. But we need to understand that we cannot impose adult standards of commitment on children because they are born imitators. You know, I, I frequently would meet people, young people in particular, who, who come through this system that have grown up into adults and, and their parents have assumed because they were obedient to attend Sunday school, to go to church with them, that they had become Christians, followers of Christ, but actually they had never made an inner commitment of the heart. And, and children have grown up with, without a real knowledge of Jesus as Lord. I don't know how many times I've heard one say, when I was a kid, my folks made me go to church and I went all my life. But as soon as I got on my own, I quit and I've never gone back and never really meant anything to me. 
Well, that's the situation that Jesus is describing here. One is lost and lost at home. The second movement of the story takes us immediately into the efforts that this woman went through to find what was lost. She, she launched into a remarkable campaign when she realized that this valuable coin was lost. She went into action. Her activity in the story reveals the heart, the concern of a holy God for people who are lost like this. God's heart moves out to them. And this woman did three things which are extremely important. First of all, she lit a lamp. And that's what to do before anything else, right? She realized that she was working in darkness. She needed a little more light on the subject. We can see the symbolism. If, if, if we're going to find those that are lost at home, we're going to need the light that only the scriptures can provide the light that only the Holy Spirit can give us. We need to understand how, how God works, how people are, operate. And there's only one source in the world where we can get that information accurately. And, and that is from the scriptures. So, so we need to light the lamp of the scripture when we realized that our loved ones, our family members, our friends don't know Christ. And, and this woman felt she needed light as, as we must feel the need of, of learning more of the reality. And, and there's, no, there's no source greater than the scriptures to consult for that. The New Testament, the old, both full of passages that deal with the problem of reaching not only children, but, but people who we love. Nothing is more important in this connection than the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is is the record of the talks of a father and, and his son and how a father begins early in the life of his children to lay this foundation that will lead uh, that boy to the fullness of manhood and, and, and an experience of trust in the living God. The problem is that often we don't understand how to recognize the signs of, of, genuine, of a genuine life in Jesus. The scriptures tell us that if the Spirit of God is at work in the heart that there will be evidence of it. And as John tells us in his first letter, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren, the blessed. Love awakening for other Christians is, is one sign. And, and Paul says, let, let everyone that name the name of Jesus depart from iniquity. A desire to turn from that which is Obviously, evil is another sign. There are other indications of the fruit of the Spirit throughout the Scriptures, and, and these are what we must learn if we're going to evaluate our loved ones correctly. Secondly, the woman swept the house. So first of all, she lit a lamp. Secondly, she swept the house. Now, in those days, it was customary to spread straw on the floor. Usually, the floors were earth. They, they, were, they were dirt. They were, and, and in order to have something soft underneath you straw was straw was spread out and a coin falling down in it would of course be really difficult to find so the woman took a broom and swept up all the straw and so so made it a lot more possible to find so what could that symbolize to us well it indicates a need to i think to lay the circumstances of our family bare to be vulnerable and to be real to open up and to be transparent and to be honest within our friend groups, within our family groups. There's a need to admit fault, to admit both the possibility of failure and, and its actual occurrence. 
on the part of particularly parents towards children, if that's true. There's a need to let our children see that we are not perfect. We're not claiming to be perfect. We must admit as freely as we expect them to admit the mistakes that we make, the errors that we have. This is what it makes possible and what it, what helps in finding those within our home that are lost. It's not easy to do. There's something about being adults that appeals to, to my pride and the love to preserve sort of some kind of air of infallibility, especially when it comes to children or to those younger than us. Well, the third thing the woman did was to search diligently. So diligently. So first of all, she lit a lamp. Secondly, she swept the house. And thirdly, she searched diligently. She lit the lamp. She swept the house. She searched diligently. That means she thought about ways of finding this coin. She gave herself to this task. She did not just look around a little in her spare time. She stopped everything and she swept the house out. Foot by foot, she went over the floor searching for this lost coin. It was that valuable to her. The symbolism and the application, again, is, is, is clear. And, and so is the analogy here that Jesus teaches it, it to someone who immediately stops everything, takes the time to know and to love their family, to, to cultivate a relationship where communication can happen until the channels are open. And so then possible to reach and to find what was lost. And then the third movement of the story brings us at last to finding and rejoicing. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin which I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Remember, what John writes in his third letter saying what every parent can echo, that no greater joy can I have than this to hear that my children follow the truth. That is, that is joy. That is joy. The poet Edgar A. Guest said, if I don't help my boy to grow up right, I'll call myself a failure no, how, no matter how much money I make or how big a reputation I get. I have a number of tasks to do, all of which I should like to do well. To be a failure in any one of them would be disappointing. Yet I could bear that without whimpering if I were sure I had not failed my boy. Not so much of me in the bank and more of me and my best in the lad. That's what I should like to have to show at the end of my career. For me to succeed as a father, he must succeed unless my boy comes to manhood fit for the respect of his fellow men, I shall have been a failure. The glory of our handiwork lies not in ourselves, but in our children. So Jesus described the joy that was in the heart of this woman when she found this coin that was lost. She called her neighbors and her friends to share with her this overwhelming joy. And you know, despite all the problems that may come in in families, living as a family, living together with friendships, with these relationships, loving our families, despite the battles, the failures, the tears, the heartaches, our own heart is filled with this kind of joy when we see them entering into a committed life, a concerned, growing, settled in their faith, solid, secure. 
And Jesus said that joy is shared in heaven as well. The angels glory before God. He said, there's a celebration in heaven when one of these who are lost at home opens up their hearts and finds a living Lord. He likens it to the celebration that was held when the lost sheep was found. They shoot off cannons. They ring bells. They swing from the chandeliers. It is a great time of unrestrained joy before God over a lost person that has returned. And what a revelation of the heart of God this is. I think that's the main point. How God longs to see those things that are lost, His creation recovered. Whether they have wandered away or whether they have been lost at home where it seemed had been a, a, a perfectly place uh, of safety. The heart of God longs to see those who are lost recovered. So Lord, help us to face this with the, with the realism of the whole picture of Jesus' parable that we might stop and take the steps that are necessary to find those that are lost. Amen. And God bless.